Hold your Bible in your hand and lift it up. Shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I can do. I believe what it says I am. I am a believer, not a doubter. I am a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's Word and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Shout Amen. Philippians chapter number 1. Today is Partnership Sunday as well as uh, Communion Sunday, so we're going to have fun. Philippians chapter number 1, verse 1. We're going to be talking about the blessing or the power in partnership. Amen. Philippians 1, verse 1. If you have it, say, I have it. This is what it says. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons, Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making request with joy. Now, the word joy is mentioned about 17 times in the book of Philippians. Paul was excited writing to his partners. Verse 5, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, the word fellowship is the Greek word kononia, which is translated in, the, uh, in, in English, in the English language, partnership. So, essentially, what the Apostle Paul is saying is, I thank the Lord and I pray for you and I make requests for you with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, this Greek word kononia goes beyond just fellowship. You see, in the English term, when you use the word fellowship, you could be talking about people just holding hands and, you know, singing kumbaya. What are you doing? We're fellowshipping. Or just having a bride. What are you doing? We're fellowshipping. This word goes beyond that. He's talking about partnership. He's talking about a commitment to the gospel. Together with the Apostle Paul. They said, hey, listen, we're not just going to uh, 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 encourage you. We're actually going to become partners with you in the preaching of the gospel. So essentially, this uh, letter to the church at Philippi is a partnership letter. It is a partnership letter. The Paul, Apostle Paul was writing to his heartfelt partners. Amen. And there are four areas of partnership we're going to discuss today that you can partner in the gospel. There is way too many people just floating around in the body of Christ, never committing to a cause. How many of you know that commitment is a sign of maturity? See, if you're just dating today, you are with Jenny tomorrow, you are with uh, 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 Susan to the day after, it's someone else, it's a sign of immaturity. Amen? 
And there are way too many people just floating from uh, 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 church to church, local church to church. You know why? Because number one, they don't want to be held accountable. See, because they know the pastor at some point is going to ask you, what is going on with your life? At some point, the pastor is going to, what is going on with your marriage, dude? Your wife has always uh, got bruises on her face. And because they don't want that, they decide to just float around in the body of Christ. So, commitment is a sign of maturity. Not only that, how many of you know that every family has problems? Now, if you have problems in your family, you don't immediately go to home affairs and say, yeah, today I want to tell you I'm no longer a part of this family and I want to change, change my surname. They'll tell you you're crazy. <laughs> Amen? You work things out and stick with it when you're a part of a family. So Paul is talking to a group of people who had decided not only to become acquaintances in the preaching of the gospel, but to become partners, covenantal partners. Say, hey, listen, Paul, we're in this together. So number one, someone shout number one. one. The first area of partnership is partnership in the gospel. Philippians 1 verse 5 said, um, I thank God for your fellowship. That word fellowship is kononia. For your fellowship or for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Notice there is also a consistency, a consistency in, in their partnership. It wasn't a one-time deal. He says from the first day until now, you've been partners. Amen? What does this mean? This means every born-again believer has been called by God to be a partner in the preaching of the gospel. How many of you know that every, every unsaved person is a mission field and every believer is a missionary see the reason why god gave you the job that you have is not to earn money let me say it again the reason god gave you the job you have is not to earn money the primary reason is for you to put your talents at work and minister the gospel while you're doing it the reason why God brings people in your path is because God has put an anointing on the inside of you and He wants you to be a partner in the gospel. Everywhere you go. In fact, the Bible says in uh, Ephesians 4 verse 28, Let him who stole steal no more, but let him work something with his hands so that he may have to give. It didn't say so that he may have to pay bills. Because that's not even part of the equation. The real deal why you have a job is because God wants you to influence people. He wants you to be the light in the dark world. He wants you to be the salt and influence and change people's lives in your job. So the first area of partnership is preaching the gospel. You have to preach the gospel in your workplace as a committed partner to the kingdom. Amen? And for the most part, just preach with your actions. Amen. Be a believer. Amen. Just be it. Amen. The second area of partnership is in Philippians chapter number 1, verse 7. Philippians chapter number 1, verse 7. There is power in partnership. 
you will see. Philippians chapter number 1, verse 7. If you have it, say, I have it. Watch what it says. Even it, as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bones and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers. That word partaker is still the same Greek word kononia. So he's saying, you are partners of my grace. Now this is deep, but I'm going to try and simplify it. Notice he didn't say you are partners of God's grace. Did you see that? He said you are partners of my grace. Every minister of the gospel has a grace bestowed upon him by God. Because it is God who handpicks people and puts them into ministry gifts. And it is God who makes the choice what they are going to be doing in that ministry gift. Every church is a grace. Every church is an anointing. <laughs> Amen? Amen? And you can partner with that grace. Well, I can speak for this church in particular. We have a grace in this church for success. Yeah, we don't have to crank it up for people to buy houses. No, it just happens. We don't have to crank it up for people to get jobs. It just happens. We don't have to crank it up for people to get married. It just happens. Oh, oops, they're getting married. Praise the Lord. It just happens. We don't have to crank things up. The one time, man, um, uh, uh, in 2011, I decided to start a life group in Deep Sloot. So I went in there and I started a life group, Bible study in there. A few people were coming. I think about seven. And we were meeting in there. And the one time I went, uh, so I switched off my phone because when I go into any church meeting, I like to switch off my phone. So I'm in there and uh, we, we started praying. And, uh, you know, Trek has started sending messages to my phone. Because when you're in those areas, they want to know if you're safe or your car has been stolen. So I didn't see the messages because my phone was off. So the guys drove in there and they came banging on the door. Boom, boom, boom. We are looking for Tavara. Where is Tavara? I said, I'm right here. He says, what are you doing here? Are you safe? He says, yes, I am safe. He says, but why are you not answering your phone? He says, because I'm preaching. He says, you're preaching? He says, yeah. And I said, man... I'm safe. They said, switch on your phone, switch on, switch on my phone. And I called the tracker and confirmed, you know, all my details and so on and so forth. And they said, okay, please be safe. If anything goes wrong, uh, don't hesitate to call us. And then I was sitting there and the Holy Spirit prompted me for me to tell those people in that very meeting that none of you will be staying in deep sloot by the end of this year. There was nothing in the physical to indicate that that was true. But by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I just opened my mouth and I said, none of you will be still in deep sloot by the end of this year. And I can confirm with you today, we cannot even have a life group in deep sloot because all of them have moved out. Someone is right there. She said, I'm right here. Oh, someone else is up there. They remember those meetings. Amen. There's always going to be an increase every church. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew chapter number 10. Amen. Matthew chapter number 10. 
So this grace, this anointing is like a huge river that's flowing. And that's available for any believer who becomes a part of it to take some of it and just benefit from it. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Andrew Womack, I mean, he has, he's, a, he's got a tremendous anointing on his life to teach the gospel. And not only that, to bring understanding. And not only that, to bring promotion. And guess what? When you partner with such a ministry, the same will come upon your life. How does it work, Pastor T? I don't know. All I know is it works. Amen? How many of you know that God supplies your needs through people? The Bible says give and it will come back to you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall? I didn't hear that. Shall? Shall men give Unto your God uses people. <coughs> Matthew ten. <coughs> Matthew chapter number ten, <coughs> verse forty one. <coughs> Matthew chapter number 10, verse 41. So God uses people. Someone shout people. Someone shout relationships are the currency of life. Say it again. Relationships are the currency of life. Uh, last Friday I was preaching in Arari to a group of young people. And uh, after I finished preaching, one of the young men came to me. And they used to own a restaurant just outside of... Uh, the city center. So I'm talking to him. I said, hey, young, Valley, I need to come for pop tomorrow at the restaurant. He said, hey, man, Pastor D, that restaurant has been closed. I said, why? He said, um, you're going to have to come home for dinner for us to explain the whole thing. And I went home and I forgot all about it. And uh, Saturday night, was it Friday night? Uh, Friday night, uh, his dad called me and said, hey, Pastor T, I heard you're in town. Please, can you come for dinner? I'm going to cook. Uh, uh, my wife is not in town and I'm going to cook. Please come out. Went out for dinner and we're sitting in there and just discussing. And I asked, so what happened? He's 24. He said, hey, we bought that whole property where uh, Waterworld was and all these properties. We bought them. And what we're getting ready to do is build a hotel in that place. And I just thought because of the relationship that I have with you, you could come and help us uh, touch and agree and pray for this project. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there thinking, this is a multi-millionaire man who realizes, hey, listen, I cannot do it all by myself. I've got the money, but I need some of what he has. And it is time that the church realizes that you cannot get to Canaan all by yourself. You can't get to the promised land all by yourself. When Miriam disrespected Moses, she got leprosy and the command was for the whole nation to stay in one place until she was healed. So some of you lone rangers. Let me break it down for you. You're not going anywhere very fast. You won't get there. Amen? You need people. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter number 10, verse 41. Thank you, Jesus. This is good stuff. Matthew chapter number 10. Verse 41. Watch what it says. It says, He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a 
prophet's reward. Did you see that? (laughs) So he that receives a prophet in the name of a pauper will receive what? A pauper's reward. So your, 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 your positioning concerning how you receive from God's word or his servants will position you for the reward that you're going to receive. Every man, every woman that stands in this pulpit to minister the gospel has been anointed by God. And you have to trust the leaders in this church, their judgment, that they have uh, looked at this person, they've prayed about it, and they've given them the right to minister from this pulpit. You have to receive it as God's word ministering to you. I don't care what their gender is. I don't care what their age is. When they open their mouth to speak, I receive it as God's instruction. And I know I will get that reward. Amen? If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will get a prophet's reward. He that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. So there is a reward in partnering with people. There is a reward in partnering with God's servants. You can partner and tap into their grace. Whatever grace God has bestowed, whatever anointing God has bestowed upon their lives. And this principle works in the negative as well. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter number 5, verse 22, Do not be haste or quick to lay hands. For if you do, you shall be partakers even in their sin. That word partaker is the same word, partnership. So if you're quick to partner with the wrong people, whatever is on their life will begin to flow to you. So those that choose to partner with people that cause strife and division... Do not respect the institute of marriage. That's what's flowing into your life. Those that choose to finance agendas that destroy the institute of marriage. That's exactly what's flowing into your bloodline. That's how it works. The apostle Paul said, you have partnered in my grace, in my anointing. So you, number one, you have to be careful who you partner with. And number two, when you find someone to partner with, partner with everything that you have. Be committed to that relationship. Amen? I said amen. amen. Philippians 2, verse 1. So we've learnt about two partnerships now. The first one is partnership in the gospel. The second one is partnership in Grace. Philippians chapter number 2 from verse 1 to 2. Watch what it says in verse 1. If therefore any, if there be any consolation in Christ, if there be any comfort of love, if there be any fellowship of the Spirit, if there be any bowels and mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like Minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. So not only do you have to partner in the anointing, 
Not only do you have to partner in preaching the gospel, you have to also partner with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says for us not to grieve the Holy Spirit who has been given unto us. How do you grieve in the Holy Spirit when you do your own thing? The Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 23, the steps, not the journey. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So the Holy Spirit has to, he has to order every single step that you take. You have to partner with him in that regard. Amen? I said amen. amen. Philippians chapter number 3 verse 10. The fourth area of partnership. If you have it, say I have it. Watch what he says. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. See, when you come to a church, to a body of believers, not only do we partner in the good times, we also partner in sufferings. A real church is a church that looks for the wounded and seek to channel the healing of God to them. You know, these churches that, uh, that we have these days where people just go for the 7 o'clock service and it ends at 8 o'clock and we chase everyone out so that we can clean up the place and have more people come in, 20,000 more people come in and there is no relationship. And when you suffer, you suffer on your own. That's not the Bible model. Here, the Apostle Paul is saying, you partnered with me in my sufferings. In the Bible days when one was taken, the whole church stopped what they were doing to went and pray for them. Not only that, the Apostle Paul said people took offerings to send to him while he was in prison. Not only that, people brought food and clothing while he was in prison. The church is a community of partners that partner both in good times and in bad times. This is why we say we want to get involved with you. If something terrible happens, we are available to visit you at the hospital and lay hands on you. Of course, don't abuse us. Amen? I said amen. Amen. So the fourth area of partnership is partnership in suffering. Now the fifth area of partnership is what we're going to dwell on today. Is partnership in finances. Someone shout partnership? Partnership. In money. money. Philippians chapter number 4 verse 15. If you have it, say I have it. Watch what it says. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church, someone say no church. (laughs) No church communicated with me. That word communicate is the Greek word kononia. So what is he saying? He's saying no church partnered with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Uh, Chris, you want to give it to me in the Amplified? So the context of the Apostle Paul writing the book of Philippians is to his partners. So if you are not a partner...
to the kingdom of God, the context is he's not talking to you. Amen? Look where he started. And you Philippians yourselves well know that in the early days of the gospel ministry, when I left Macedonia, no church assembly entered into... Entered into... I didn't hear that. Entered into partnership with me and opened up a what? See, the problem with the church is everybody wants a credit account. Debit the who? The receiver and credit there. So we always want to credit God. No, he says no other church. See, partnership between you and God is when you open both a debit and a credit account. It's called the law of double entry. See, you can't come from a Latini and claim for God to meet your need when you have not partnered with him. Ah, okay, moving right along. No, this is the basics of partnership. They opened up a debit and a credit account. As concerning what? So in other words, without the other, there is no the other. If I can say that. Without giving, there is no receiving. Even in your own marriage. He who gives sparingly shall also receive it's called a trust account. Brothers, you need to check where your trust account is before you do something stupid. You know, I can go and tell my wife I'm going to be back at 7.30 and come back at 8.30 and things will still be fine. You know why? My trust account is in the billions. I've done many, 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 many other good things. I can get away with a lot of stuff. Now we have brothers coming from nowhere. You are on minus 50,000. And you want to act like Pastor T. No, you're going to have problems. Amen. You need to check where your trust account is. Amen. You need to check where your trust account is. He says, hey, concerning giving and receiving. Next verse. This is going to get better. Back to King James. For even in Thessalonica, you send me uh, contributions for my needs, not only once, but the second time. Next verse. Not that I'm looking for a gift. You see, this is where we need to realize the church is not looking for a bigger offering. Because Pastor Trevor will not change my salary because today I preached so much and people gave a million bucks. There is no motivation for me. Amen? I'm on a fixed salary. We're not looking to try and fleece people. That's not our heart. Our heart is for you to catch the revelation so that you can be blessed. Amen. Because the same, how many of you know that your receiving works through your giving the same way the pastor's receiving works through his giving? And even the pastor cannot cheat the system. A stingy pastor will reap a stingy harvest. How many of you have ever seen broke pastors? Plenty of them. 
You know why? Because you can't cheat the system. The system says you have to go to the bank of God and open a credit and a debit account as concerning giving and receiving for with the same measure that you give shall it be measured back to you. That's how the system works. This is why we have people who can tell you the history of the church. Baba, I've been in church 17 years. But you look at their fruit. See, unbelievers are not stupid. Oh, you say you are a Christian, but look at your marriage. You know, you, you go to work with all that Christianese. Hallelujah. Anointing. You know all those religious words that you talk? People are looking at fruit. Like, ah, but you curse. You, you curse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she curses a lot. She's got short temper, you know. Where is the fruit? Yeah. Do you know that unbelievers know how Christians should be living more than Christians know it? Yeah. And they judge you by the fruit. Yeah. Man, they don't care. They don't care about your tongue talking and spiritual gymnastics. They're looking for fruit. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. See, so the church is not trying to fleece you of some money. No, not at all. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 verse 13. Thank you, Jesus. Is this helping someone? Watch what the Apostle Paul says to the church at Corinth. He says, for it is, for is it... Wherein you were inferior to other churches. Please give it to me in the New King James. New King James. For what is it in which you were inferior to other churches? So in other words, the church at Corinth was inferior to other churches. Can you see that? And the Apostle Paul is asking, what was the reason you guys were inferior to other churches? Would you guys like to know why this church was inferior? Would you like to know why this church can actually become inferior to other churches? Why you yourself can become an inferior individual as compared to other Christians? He tells you. He says, except that I myself was not burdensome to you, forgive me. Did you see that? Wait, Apostle Paul. Hey, wait, church pastor. Me not giving you is not you doing me any wrong. No, that's what I thought. The Apostle Paul is saying when the church does not take an offering, when the church does not give you an opportunity to give, yeah. we are doing you. In fact, if you read in the NIV, it says, forgive me for doing you this injustice. It's an injustice when you are not taught what the Bible has to say concerning your finances. Amen. You'd rather be taught and leave offended. But at least you know. Amen? At least you know. The truth has been put out. He says, forgive me. In fact, he says, pardon me. Oh, let's read it in the Amplified. For in what respect were you put to a disadvantage in comparison with the rest of the churches? What can put a, a believer at a disadvantage? He says, unless it was for the fact that I myself did not burden you with my what? Financial support. Pardon me for doing you this injustice. I thought the Apostle Paul was crazy. 
When you don't take my money, it's not an injustice. Yes, it is, because I have stopped the flow of resources from the kingdom of God into your life. See, when God says, give to me, he's not trying to take away from you. In fact, God says it like this in the book of uh, Psalms. He says, whoever gives to the needy lends to God. And in another place it says, whoever lends is the master to the borrower. So in other words, when you give to God, God essentially is supposed to be your slave. But because God cannot be your slave, He flips it around and gives it back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So you cannot outgive God. Because once you give, you put him in that position to be a slave. And God says, I can't be your slave. Give it back. Amen. 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 Back to Philippians, chapter number 4. Oh, man. Verse 15. This is good stuff. Philippians, chapter number 4, verse 15. Oh, Verse 15. Now you Philippians know that in the beginning. Oh, next verse. For even in Thessalonica you send me aid. Next verse. Not that I seek a gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. So every believer is an account. Amen. Amen. Next verse. Indeed, I have all. And abound, I am full. Having received from Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, and an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Next verse. And, my God. After we've done all of the paperwork, and we've entered your name into the database, and created an account for you, now you can come and read verse 19. You see, you can't just come from Maslatini. This is where we've, this is where we've missed this rest of the church. You can't just come from Maslatini and say, And my God shall supply. We don't even have an account for you. At this bank. You are not in the system. So there has to be a partnership between you and God concerning debit and credit, giving and receiving. And it's a partnership from day one until now. See, God knows all things. He knows those people that just like to take advantage of the system. See, you can't cheat God. You know, just get a goosebump and, yeah, I'm going to do it once and see if it works this month, then run away from God. You know, like uh, those people that go and uh, uh, play uh, uh, the, the slot machine on the casino. You know, hit a jackpot. I just want to do it once. Hit a jackpot and run away. God knows those kind of people. God wants it to be a lifestyle. He wants to get into a lifetime uh, partnership with you. Where you're working together. See, God is looking for people he can trust. The Bible says his eyes go to and fro. Looking for someone to show himself strong through. See, God's currency is people. What makes God not sleep at night is people. And God wants to touch people's lives by all means necessary. And if you say, here I am, Lord, God will use you. Here is why you need to position yourself to be a, a giver, not just a receiver. Yeah. Amen? You know, when pastors teach uh, uh, the story of the woman with the issue of blood, they always put the church in the shoes of the woman with the issue of blood. They say, when you approach Jesus, 
You know, you, you, you have to press through the crowd. You have to press through and press through like you want it. And then when you get to Jesus, just hold the hem of his garment. And then the church is positioned to just take from Jesus. No, that's not you and I. Jesus said, the works that I do, shall you do. So when you read that story, you should be positioning yourself, positioning yourself in the shoes of Jesus. People coming to you to grab the hem of your garment. And when you position yourself that way, God will begin to channel His anointing through you. So that you can touch people's lives. God will begin to channel His power through you. His resources through you. Because you are not all about getting. You are now all about giving. You are not a hoarder. You are not a damn Christian. D-A-M. You are a river Christian. Things flow through you. Amen. As one hand receives, the other hand gives. And as the money flows through... There will be plenty for you. 